Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. It has been a, well, not as hot week here in South Mississippi because it's been raining some. Yeah, it's only been in the 90s instead of the 100s. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, of course, 4th of July was this week. It was. Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. <laughs> we uh, we came up here to the game store, McNarb Gaming in Gautier, Mississippi. Look mm-hmm. at that plug. Uh, played some game board games, uh, played a couple of card games, uh, played a little bit of Warhammer, I think. Hung out. Had a little <laughs> bit of fun. Had some hot dogs. Had some pizza. There you go. Enjoyed the day. It's all you can ask for. Yeah. Thanks, America. <laughs> uh, so, this week, we are not drinking whiskey. We're not. We are not drinking whiskey. What are we drinking? This is rum. Ooh, fancy. So, this is Havana Club, uh, Anijo Calasico, Puerto Rican rum. Mm-hmm. It is uh, 40% alcohol by volume, which makes it uh, 80 proof. And, yeah, I don't know much else about it. It was a gift to me to help restock my, uh, restock my my bar since to restock the incident. <laughs> yes, it smells good. Like it smells like rum. I mean, it smells like rum. Real, so, it smells real sweet. You know, rum, of course, is made using sugar, distilled yeah. sugar, whether that's molasses or or whatever. So it's going to be different from the whiskeys that we it's, normally drink. It's distilled sweet. <laughs> yes, so. Hey, we'll see what it tastes yeah. like. Yeah, cheers. cheers. It's pretty good rum. It is. A little bit of smoke flavor at the end, at least mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, it had a little bit of smoke to it, um, which is an interesting. Odd. It's odd for rum. In rum. Um, but it's not, I don't, I don't dislike it. It does have that good sweetness. Uh, that you want from a rum. <clears throat> it doesn't, you know, we've had bamboo before. Mm-hmm. And bamboo has like a real fruity flavor almost. This doesn't have that. Um, but it is sweet. It does It does fit the bill as a rum. Uh, I happen to have a Dr. Pepper with me, so I took a shot of Dr. Pepper afterwards and, you know, hey, there we go. Yeah, I, I did a, a little bit of Diet Coke and it works really well with that. Like, this is good rum. That's a pretty decent rum. You know, like, it is not a bamboo. No. It is, this is a dark rum. Doesn't say anywhere on here that it's spiced, so I think it's just a dark rum. Yeah, I think it's just a dark rum. Um, Otherwise, it would say it was spiced. Yeah. Which, I'm, I'm going to be honest, spiced rums, I'm kind of hit or miss on. Yeah. You uh, know. I like you some can, of them, but for the most part, I'll pass. I'd rather have a rum. Yeah. And let me add my own flavors to it. Like, I'm not a fan of Captain Morgan's. I could deal with Kraken. I do like that one. Kraken's good. Would you consider bamboo to be a spiced no, rum? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. It's a it's a standard rum. Okay, but they're all good in their own way. Not Captain Morgan. I mean, Captain Morgan's Captain Morgan's. It's what you get. Captain Morgan's uh, goes in that same bucket with Jack Daniels. Yeah, it is serviceable, and it's probably the first thing you had. Yeah, because it's the most common. And it was probably in your parents' liquor cabinet. Yeah, I mean, I do like the Captain Morgan, and I, we've brought it up here before and had it. The Captain Morgan tattoo, 
Yeah. Which is a, a spiced rum that's it's good, but I really only if I ever drink it, it's mixed in with the sun kiss like I presented to you guys right. here. Which does its thing. This would fill in nicely for that. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's probably a much better quality of rum than what, what we're getting out of the Captain mass Morgan tattoo. Produ- mass produced <laughs> Captain Morgan's. Uh, not saying that this isn't mass produced, right, right, but right. It, Havana Club is not as well known, yeah. at least in the circles I I run in. So, but it's good rum. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, shall we jump into the wrestling of the week? The wrestling of the week. So, all right, we uh, we'll start out with Monday Night Raw. I'm just going to run through some matches real quick, and then I'll I'll talk about some of the other segments. We have Priest defeating uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, in a uh, match. This was a good match. Shinsuke doing his thing. Priest is on the rise right now, yep. so you can't complain. Uh, we have uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey having a brawl, which Shayna Baszler came out on top of, which is a surprise when you talk about Ronda Rousey and how she's been handled by WWE. Chelsea Green and Sonya DeVille defeated Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, Dana Brooke and Tegan Knox, Emma and Nikki Cross, and Katana Chance and Caden Carter in a gauntlet match to crown number one contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. <clears throat> yeah, and they ran the gauntlet, too. They, yeah. were, they were the first ones in. Well, Green and DeVille well, uh, <clears throat> entered third. Did they? Yes. I thought they entered second. No, they entered third. Okay, never mind then. Uh, we have, but they still pretty much ran the event. Uh, you have Becky Lynch uh, getting into a war of words with Trish Stratus and Trish's outfit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, she also came out with a face mask on. She did because they're they're at least saying that her nose or her face is broken. Uh, I would assume it's her nose, yeah. if anything. And she did, whether it's the mask or whether it's actually a broken nose, she did sound a little bit nasally like you would get if you had, you know. I, I loved the whole... She turned down a match because or she turned down a match because her face was broke. Yeah. Uh, Becky challenged Zoe and Trish said she can't wrestle you because I have a doctor's appointment right now, and it's like nine thirty at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> we have Alpha Academy consisting of Chad Gable, Otis, and Maxine Dupree defeating Viking Raiders, which is Eric Ivar and Valhalla. Uh, yeah, Maxine picked up the pin. Yeah, after uh, Dupree landed a sunset flip onto Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricochet challenged Logan Paul to meet him next week in a fa- face-to-face in the ring. Uh, they're building the match to, to Ricochet and Logan Paul for SummerSlam because they want to have a match where Logan Paul can show out. And If you want an athletic match, you put Ricochet in the ring. Yeah. Sure. You don't even question it. You just, who do I have? Oh, 20 years ago, it's Rey Mysterio. Right. now Today, it's Ricochet. Ricochet. Uh, we have the Women's World Championship. Ripley defeats Natalia via pinfall. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, The Miz cut dueling promos on each other. Matt Riddle defeated Giovanni Vinci. I, did, I didn't do that as well as the announcer does. Right. Giovanni Vinci. I can't even do it. Uh, <laughs> she does it so well. Arrivederci. <laughs> So we start the show off with Seth Rollins coming out, mm-hmm. and he cuts a nothing promo. It, it it amounted to nothing. It was a recap of Money in the Bank. Yep, and then Cody's music hits. Yeah, C- 
Cody barely gets two words out before Brock Lesnar's music hits. Brock comes out. Cody and Brock brawl. Cody gets the upper hand. We go to commercial. We come back. Seth is still in the ring. He gets interrupted by Judgment Day. They challenge him to to a match with Dominic. He accepts. That leads us into the... uh, The main event. Well, yeah, it takes us to the main event. But we have Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura next, which I already talked (coughs) about. So that's how they got Priest out there for that. We get to the main event. It's uh, Rollins versus Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio, not the Mysterio anybody cares about. Right. Um, <laughs> here we have the match, and this leads to some more bickering amongst Judgment Day because we're kind of talking about the fall of Judgment Day right now. Yep. And we have Rollins getting the win via disqualification. Yeah, because uh, uh, Priest gets involved. Yeah. Well, Finn gets involved. Priest got involved first. Did he? Okay. Yeah, Priest got involved. Seth wins by DQ. Priest, Dominic, and Rhea start beating the the holy hell out of Seth. Uh, Priest gives Rhea the briefcase to turn in, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was her or Dominic, but I think it was her. Yeah, um, it doesn't say my my wrap-up. but She it, no. goes to hand the briefcase off when Finn shows up. Finn starts attacking Seth. Priest gets in Finn's face about, what are you doing? I had this one. They start bickering, and when they do, Seth rolls out of the ring and goes up the ramp. Well, Seth uh, manages to hit a uh, yeah, hit Mysterio stalled. with a pedigree. Yeah. yeah, with a pedigree, and then he goes up the ramp. And the raw closes with Balor and Priest bickering. Yeah, solid show. Oh, Honestly, yeah. it re- it really is. Uh, we can moan and complain about Vince's involvement. Which, hey, um, yeah, Vince wasn't apparently involved here and SmackDown, but there's also a thing going around that. Triple H and Tony Khan are looking at the best possible courses to do an almost like a, a vote of no confidence type thing to get Vince out of creative completely. Wow. Um, so we'll see where that goes. That's interesting. I hadn't um, heard that, but that it is was like a little bit. It was a rumor. It's not like, you know, it's not like set in stone or any of that kind of stuff, but they were talking about that on Wrestle Talk, I believe. Okay. Well, there's Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about Dynamite on Wednesday. Sure. So Dynamite kicks off with Keith Lee and Darby Allen having a little bit of a backstage segment. Um, of course, they're doing this whole blind tag eliminator thing, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. It's got, like, one cool part happening and everything else is just stupid. Um, Darby tells Keith Lee, look, uh, I know you got a team with Swerve, uh, but... I want to see the real Keith Lee out there, even if you have to do this two-on-one, you know, because he doesn't want to be part of it. Do that. And this is what I thought was great. What I'm saying is pull your head out of your ass. And he slaps Keith Lee and walks off. And Renee looks at Keith Lee and is like, what? (laughs) Keith Lee goes, ballsy. Stupid. Ballsy. So we have that match in which uh, it is – Keith Lee and Swerve versus Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen pick up the win because at the end there is a lot of miscommunication between Keith Lee and Swerve. Uh, Swerve ends up hitting Keith Lee twice with different moves. Uh, he's not in the right place, and it ends up with a loss. Uh, Keith Lee uh, fist bump Darby and Orange Cassidy at the end of it. Would you call what he did with Orange to be a fist bump? Well, it was Orange Cassidy's version of a fist bump, right? <laughs> 
Uh, Darby is then in another backstage thing where he's talking about Nick Wayne, who is a, a indie talent. And I say indie talent. This, this was a pre-recorded segment. It was pre-recorded, yeah. Uh, he's 18. The kid's been wrestling since he was 16. His dad was a trainer, or his dad was a trainer with Darby. So Darby went to Tony Khan, and this is all another thing. Darby told Tony Khan, look, I'm not telling you you have to give this kid a contract, but I want you to watch him. And he's signed a contract. So he'll be in action next week. Um, Siobhan tries to get an interview with Jungle Boy backstage. Doesn't work. Uh, He cuts a small promo, and then Hook comes running at him and beats him up a little bit. We got the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus the Blade and the Bollywood Boys for some reason. I'm, I'm not sure why. Uh, the Acclaim, other than the fact I think it was Billy Gunn's birthday. Uh, the Acclaimed win. Then a QTV segment happens. And uh, Harley Cameron says that she's going to still get Bowens, which this was a couple of weeks ago. They had a segment, and uh, she told him, she's like, I know I can see how you look at me. I know you want me. And he's like, lady, I'm gay. And the whole crowd starts chanting, he's gay. And it's the only time I've ever heard he's gay chanted in like a positive atmosphere type thing. (laughs) So that was kind of cool. Eddie Kingston clip shows him beating Kenta for the New Japan Strong Openweight title. Good for Eddie. Uh, Moxley cuts a promo on Eddie saying, you know, what are you doing? I thought we were friends. We've always had this thing. We've always fight. We've always made it through there. But what are you doing? Um, they drew Matt Hardy's up uh, teammate for the uh, the Eliminator tournament, where when RJ City pulls in, he goes, "It's Jeff," and Matt's like, "It's my brother." RJ says, "Jarrett." So there you go. Uh, Chris Jericho walks down to the ring, cuts a promo, interrupted by Don Callis. They kind of have a little bit of a back and forth and a positive thing. Go backstage, and Jericho walks in on Daniel Garcia and Sammy. And they're like, what are you doing out there talking to him? You're the Jericho appreciation side of blah, 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 you know. Well, it's important to mention that Callis asked Jericho to join his Yes, to join his group. Um, and Jericho looks at him and goes, maybe it's time for y'all to be on your own. So who knows? I mean, Jericho appreciation society has not, it has not performed. Yeah. It really hadn't done anything. You go back, you look at, uh, the inner circle. It kind of launched all of them. Now you've had some people fall off with, uh, you know, X lax kind of falling apart. But it kind of launched Sammy. And yep. if, as far as Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia is still kind of exactly where he was when he joined. Yep. Sammy's, Sammy's still exactly where he was. Yeah. It, and, or worse. I mean, Sammy's going back to being face. Everrise is not getting anything. Well, than, and they're never going other to. Other than the comedy pops. Uh, which, which, speaking of them, the next match was the Butcher and Daddy Magic uh, called Magic Meat. Is what they referred to them as. Uh, versus the only good thing that's coming out of this entire thing, uh, MJF and Adam Cole. Cole and MJF win, and then Max has the uh, 
Adam Cole birthday celebration. <laughs> Streamers come up. He puts like a little party hat on him and Adam Cole. He gives Adam Cole a kazoo. Comes out with a cake. And and MJF is monkeying at the camera. I'm going to push his face in it. Now, the the security guy holding the cake yeah. was the best part, in my opinion, of this whole yeah. segment because of the faces he's making and the stuff he's doing in the background. Stole the segment. As as MJF goes to Cole to push his face in it, Cole like rolls around him and slams Max's face in the cake and crouches down by him, wipes some of the icing off of Max's forehead and licks it and goes, good cake. The crowd starts chanting, eat, eat it. the cake. So <laughs> so Max like takes a chunk of cake off of his face and just bites into it and kind of goes, <laughs> Um, Then we had Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho in the, the quarterfinal tournament for the Owen Hart Women's Champ- the Owen Hart Women's Tournament thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby Soho wins. So we're not going to see a a back to back from Britt. Uh, there was this was an awful match. There was too much interference, and it's like these two have never been in the ring together, and they have because neither of them were doing anything right. Yeah. Uh, then the main event was Kenny Omega versus Wheeler Yuta. Kenny wins. Of course, as soon as he wins, Blackpool hits the ring, starts beating him up. Here come the Bucks and Hangman. They come down. They start getting their revenge. Then Takeshita shows up, and he starts attacking. And they, they the elite are kind of getting the upper hand. Hangman, or uh, the Bucks have to, or uh, Claudio... They hit him with the BTE trigger, and then they step back because Hangman's about to bust him with a chair. When Dark Order runs down to the ring, snatches the chair out of Hangman's hands, and the screen goes out. That's where Dynamite ended. No follow-up to anything, none of that. It, it ended with Evil Uno taking a chair out of Hangman's hand. So, yeah. I need negative one to just disband the Dark Order. Yeah. Uh, I just like, don't know what they're doing with it now. It, it is, it's down to three members. Yeah, because it's just Evil Uno, Stu, or Evil Uno, uh, Reynolds and Silver. Yeah, that's it. So it's just those three. Reynolds and um, Silver are a tag team. Yep, they've been a tag team. Yep. So spin them out. Give Uno something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Put him back with Stu Grayson and and reform the early version of Dark Order or the uh, whatever it was. The Super Smash Brothers. The Super Smash Brothers. If, if they can't use that name, then give them a different sure. name. But this 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 version of Dark Order... It ain't it. Is not it. It's not clicking. Yeah, it's nice to see Negative One every now and then. They're not evil enough to be bad guys that you would expect them to be. Mm-hmm. They've gotten away from the funny, jokey, ha-ha that made them the good guys that you wanted to cheer for. Yeah. They're just they're, a waste of space at this point. They're just there. Yeah. And spin them out. Let Silver do let his... something go on. Let Silver do his thing, because he was getting over as being this yeah. big guy that's bigger than he is. Yeah, this tiny you know. dude that's huge, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. 
On to SmackDown. On to SmackDown. So uh, we start off the show and we end the show with the Bloodline. So I'm going to go into that separately real quick. But uh, to go through what matches and stuff happened on the show, you have a United States Championship match. Match? Mash? Mash. <laughs> uh, Austin Theory defeating Sheamus via schoolboy pinfall after interference from Pretty Deadly and uh, Fight Night, whatever the hell they call themselves these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then you have AJ Styles defeating Karrion Cross via pinfall. Of course, both Scarlett and Michan got involved. Uh, you have Asuka avoiding a chaotic brawl involving Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, uh, and EO Sky. You have Edge defeating Grayson Waller via pinfall. Now, Grayson Waller kind of set up his Waller effect mm-hmm. show. And... Uh, Edge comes out where Grayson Waller announces that Edge is going to be retiring. Mm-hmm. And Edge is like, uh, what? Um, challenges Grayson Waller to a match. Or not even really challenges. Says, yeah. hey, you and I are going to fight tonight. Now, this is Grayson Waller's SmackDown yeah. debut where sink he lost. Swim. Yeah, he told him sink or swim. Uh, and he lost to Edge. But Edge ended the segment with grabbing a microphone and telling Grayson Waller that he swam. And then... Spiking the mic and walking. Uh, yeah, out. Grayson Waller showed out really well, even though he this really was did. a loss. Uh, which, it, I'm sorry, you can't have a you can't have a brand new NXT call up beat Edge. But you can't have a brand new NXT call up beat Edge. You can't have him beat Edge on Edge's return to the ring right. for the smack uh, for the, for the uh, SummerSlam build. Like it's just not going to happen. As soon as they announce, it, I'm like, really? Yeah, really. It was, a, it was a good match though. But it was a really good match. Grayson Waller performed very well. Show showing out. Controlled a lot of the match, and Edge got the win. But very good match. Very you know, the segment, the Grayson Waller effect show just doesn't connect with me. Most of those don't. You know, most of them are dumb. But so let's talk about the Bloodline. The Bloodline starts the show with the trial of forty minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it definitely went longer than it was supposed to. And this was going to be the trial of the tribal chief. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't a trial. It ended up being a beatdown where uh, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa beat down on Jimmy mm-hmm. and while forcing Jay to watch. Yep. Jimmy and Jay go to the hospital uh, because Jimmy apparently needs medical intervention. Yeah. That's the 40-minute segment at the beginning. You come to the end of the show. They start talking about Jay being back in the arena. Mm-hmm. And after the edge match, they go to Roman's locker room where Paul Heyman's like, my, my tribal chief, Jay Uso's back in the arena, and he's looking for you. That was uh, a very good Paul Barry. <laughs> it was. But that's, you know, Paul Heyman sounds so whiny and scared, which is selling the the fact that Jay is a threat. Roman's like, well, he's not going to have to look hard. I'll be in the middle of the ring. Mm -hmm. Go to commercial, come back. Roman's in the middle of the ring. Then you have Jay's music hit. Jay comes through the crowd for some reason. (laughs) Gets in the ring, beats down Solo, mm-hmm. 
Uh, he well, beats well. He, solo, he, he beats Solo outside the ring, yeah. and then beats down Roman. Yeah, Roman runs off. Then he beats up Solo. Then some he beats more. up Solo like some he, more. He beat down Solo. Yeah, yeah. He then grabs the mic and says, "Oh, you done did it now? Now I got to beat you. I want. I demand a trial by combat." Yeah. So when, when Roman rolled out, he left the belt in the ring. So Jay picked it up, and Roman's at the top of the ramp. You put that down. That's yeah. not yours. That's mine. Put it down. So yeah. Um, yay Rampage, right? Rampage. This was yay. the hundredth episode of Rampage. We start off with a trios match of the Hung Bucks versus Dark Order. This was set up because of the thing at, uh, at the end of uh, Dynamite. Dark Order wins. Uh, Takeshita got involved. Callus comes out. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on, which causes uh, distractions enough for Dark Order to pick up the win. QTV has a thing. Yay. We got the Blind Eliminator tournament match, which was Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, because they just happened to randomly get selected to be together. Right? <laughs> Versus Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy. Um, we're... Uh, who won? Garcia won. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't get yeah. the... Hardy and, Hardy and Jarrett Hardy lost. Hardy and Jarrett lost. Then, after the match... Uh, Jarrett starts Doug, beating down Hardy. Jarrett, all of them come out, they start beating up Hardy. Uh, Brother Zay comes down. And so does Ethan Page, who starts attacking uh, Jarrett and Dutt and all of them as well. Because remember, Matt Hardy owns Ethan Page's contract. Because mm-hmm. that's a thing we have to think right. about. Uh, Hikaru Shida, as JR would say, versus Marina Shafir was next. Uh, Shida wins. Statlander cuts a promo. Then the main event was another tag team qualifier, Big Bill and Brian Cage. Versus Matt Seidel and Trent Beretta, where um, Cage and Big Bill win. I do believe. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, they win. Just wanted to make 100% sure that I didn't miss something. Do you have the collision results? I do. Then collision happened last night because we're recording, obviously, on, on Sundays like we normally do. Uh, Punk kicks off a kicks off the show with a uh, promo because the main event tonight is him versus Joe in the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, the first match was uh, also a tournament, uh, Owen Hart tournament of Ricky Starks versus Hobbs. We're QT wins, I do believe. I mean, not QT, Hobbs wins. No. Sorry, I didn't take notes on this, so. Hobbs lost. Hobbs lost. Starks uh, wins because QT got involved. QT was trying to get involved. That's what it was. Which led to a face turn for Hobbs. Because he attacked QT. He he basically uh, stomped away QT shouting, I'm sorry, Hobbs attacks Marshall. Um, Miro cuts a promo. Will and Nightingale cuts a promo. 
Julia Hart had a match versus Bambi Hall, which, of course, Julia Hart wins because Bambi Hall is a local enhancement talent. Uh, Malachi Black cuts a promo on Andrade. Then Andrade responds. Uh, We had an eliminator match of Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood versus Bullet Club Gold. This is one of those classic AEW Eliminator matches. If Bullet Club Gold wins, then they get a title shot, which is one of the dumbest stipulations I think I've ever heard in wrestling. But it is what it is. Uh, Bullet Club Gold wins. I do believe. Yep, Bullet Club Gold wins. Lord announced next Saturday is going to be Battle of the Belts. So, hooray! Luchasaurus is going to be facing Sean Spears because yes, indeed, Luchasaurus is the TNT title uh, champion, mm-hmm. not Christian Cage. Action Andretti beat Scorpio Sky. Then we had CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the Owen Hart tournament. CM Punk won. Hooray! Yay. So next week. We get to see Ricky Starks versus Punk. That was Collision. So what do we want to talk? So what do we want to talk about? Well, let's talk about CM Punk for a minute. Okay. So Brian Danielson is injured, and he's going to be out for for a a while. while. Broke his arm. Check out the images. Like, dude messed his arm up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he completely broke his radius, like all the way through. Yeah, and as we saw. Last week, I believe it was, on Dynamite, mm-hmm. we're going to get blood and guts. Yep. It's going to be a 5-on-5 five five blood yeah, and guts. It's going to be a 5-on-5. Five five. So, the Young Bucks, the Elite, and um, uh, Eddie. Eddie are going to get a, a secret person. Mm-hmm. And so are... The, uh, I about said the bloodline. <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool plus Takeshita are getting a, yeah. a, a fancy person. Now, CM Punk volunteered to be Blackpool's... He volunteered to be on either side. Yeah. And after everybody stopped laughing, which I imagine probably took an hour or two. Right. They, he was told no. Yeah. <laughs> like, just no. Yeah. He volunteered to join, either join up with the Elite or join up with BCC. Like he's like, "Hey guys, I just I want to be part of it. Look, mm-hmm. look at me. I'm CM Punk and and bygones be bygones, right? Right? I imagine that that, that laughter took a while to die yeah. down. And, and basically both sides uh said, "Haha, no." Yeah. So yeah, you know. So that's continuing. Hooray. <laughs> uh if Tony Khan would be an owner. We might could have seen that. Well, if Tony would have stepped up and been like, look here, you little children. We're going to sit here and we're going to talk this through until we're at least on a level playing field where you can see each other in the hallways and not want to fight. Yeah. Or I will release you both. 
you know. It's it's telling that he's not stepping in. And I think that this is really talks about just how bad of a manager, a leader, Tony Khan is. You know, like, these are people that can work together. They can, and they don't have to like each other to work together. Right. You don't have to put them in matches together. But the fact that they have brought them to shows together and they're just separating them on the other side of the arena mm-hmm. and saying, don't talk to them. Just put them in a room, yeah. let them get it out and, and come to terms with, Hey, we are working in the same company together. I don't have to like you yep. for us to do our job. Force We're not going to do to be adults. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do any programs together. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But force them to be adults. Force them to come to terms with, hey, yeah. we work together in the same company. And the fact that Tony's not doing that is a real problem. You know, I think back to uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior towards, well, right before Warrior died when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. WWE kind of pulled the same thing of, mm-hmm. hey, you guys just don't talk to each other, avoid each other. And... In that case, I feel like that's okay because Hogan's not there on a weekly basis. Warrior wasn't going to be there on exactly. a weekly basis. This was just going to be a, hey, yep. we have this one show that we're doing. Yep. Just try to a avoid each thing. other. Yeah. And it ended up being okay. They bumped into each other. They were able to settle their differences, which whether you like Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, whether you like Warrior or not, and the things that they've said, the things that they believe – at least these two guys who at one time were at least friendly, if not yeah. friends, were able to settle their differences well, before Warrior passed away. Look at Brett and Sean. Yeah. You know, those two hate each other. Yeah. And, you know, eventually, it took forever, but eventually they were able to bury the hatchet and they did it on live TV. Now, whether they're inviting each other to the barbecue, I highly doubt. But who, do you, who do you think that uh, Brett hates more? Sean? Goldberg. Or- <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> Uh, not even uh, not even a joke. Now, 10 years ago, before they had their their makeup, maybe, I, but not I Goldberg. Think, <laughs> I think Brett's hatred of Goldberg is just, I don't know. He hasn't always hated Goldberg this much, so something has changed, you know? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know, I, I, but I think it's Goldberg for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I oh. was I was... Yeah. I was joking by asking that question. <laughs> but yeah, no, getting back to it, if Tony was a good manager, he would have had these guys sit down mm-hmm. and at least come to the, hey, we're not going to work together. Yeah, We don't have to be friends, but we do work in the same company. We're going to be in the same building with each other from time to time. We're not going to be in an all-out war. You give them time to cool off while, basically, while Punk was having surgery and, and recovering. Yeah. And when Punk comes back, the first thing you do is, Kenny, Bucks, Punk, you will meet in my office on this day. I see clearly. No, <laughs> uh, no wrong guy. Everything um, has come. <laughs> you will sit down. We will hash this out. Yeah. Period. Now, you don't have to like each other, but you will have to at least be... Tolerate each other's uh, presence. Yeah. 
you will have to tolerate each other without having to do all this special, I'm going to create this one show for you and this other show for you and never the two shall meet type thing. Which is just tedious for us as fans. Yeah. But, yeah, it is... I don't know. I think we've kind of said everything there that yeah. we need to say. Another punch that I want to throw at AEW. Sure. Is this this uh, a tag tournament thing. This vessel to get over Adam Cole and MJF? Basically. Because y'all remember when AEW was the place for tag team wrestling. And they had all these great tag teams like the Lucha Brothers. The Elite. The Young Bucks, specifically at the yeah. time, right? FTR. You know, we had all... They were building this this juggernaut of tag teams. You had LAX. Then you started getting in. The Acclaimed came in. And at first, I know we were all like, eh, but now they're pretty damn awesome. Well, you had the Acclaimed. You had... Um uh, who's the guys who teamed up with uh, Matt Hardy? Uh, uh, Private Party. Private Party. You had Dark Order. Yeah. Which, which you had know, two tag teams in it. Yeah, had multiple tag teams in it by the time that Dark Order kind of peaked. The tag team titles meant something. Like they were, they were front and center, and, and I would argue at certain points they were even highlighted more than the yeah. AEW title. What happened? Who's the tag team champions right now? I believe it's FTR. It is. But the fact that you had to say, I believe it's FTR. Okay. Yeah. When did, have they last defended the titles? Because they sure didn't defend them recently. Now they've had this elimination tournament. Did they defend them? And I'm honestly asking this question. Did they defend them at Forbidden Door? No. No. Mm-mm. I do not believe so. And they're firmly on collision now. Yeah. Uh, so, because they, they've kind of, without actually CMF doing a TR roster Starks. split, you know, without doing a, a an actual roster split, collision has split out a bunch of people. Yep. Because, you know, it's the uh, juvenile detention of AEW. Right. And so, I, I truly do mean juvenile. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the tag teams, the, the titles mean nothing. Yeah. So we have this tag team tournament, and you're thinking, okay, cool, it's going to be a tag tournament. Great. We can see all of these tag teams doing their thing. Nah, we're just going to throw some random people's names in a in a bucket and draw them to be teams um, and see what happens. It's very WWE-esque. It really is. Um... I would I would feel a little better about it if it really was random. But it's obvious it's not. Like it is obvious it's not. Mm. Cole and MJF are in a thing. We're gonna make them a tag team. Aha, uh-huh, it was random. Matt and Jeff Hart uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. They've recently been in a thing. It was random. We put back together Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Right. 
It was random. And, and remind you, they've never finished that story arc. Nope. Uh, we've had, we got Darby and Orange Cassidy together who wrestled together plenty of times recently to get, wrestle together. So here they are. We had Sammy and Garcia together. They're already a tag team. They're in the same faction. They're in the same faction. You know, like, come on. It just... I I don't mind these quote-unquote random drawings, but you got to put more thought into it than this. They and need to be random. They need to be, or at least have the appearance of being or random. Or at least have the appearance of being random. Don't... Uh, don't put people that have history together, like recent history. Now, yeah. if it was, if it was history from a couple of years ago, yeah, whatever. Use that. Yeah. If it was random, you can use that. That's fine. But it just it isn't doing it for me at all. Yeah. Um, this whole Takeshita Don Callis BCC Elite Dark Order cluster that's going on i gotta be honest i don't care yeah it, it doesn't do anything it for is me. not compelling at all it has run it one i'm tired of the elite versus the uh bcc just as i was tired of the elite versus uh inner circle inner circle they don't know when to stop and that's the thing and they throw big matches in there too often mm-hmm. for this feud. Cause like this is a feud that they could have dragged out for yeah. six months by having one-on-one fights by having occasional come together blows at the pay-per-views mm-hmm. and then you wrap it up at a blood and guts or no, blood and guts is going to be on a random Wednesday dynamite. Yeah. But, you know, you wrap it up at a blood and guts at a pay-per-view. Or yeah. even, you know what, you want to drum up, you need to drum up, you know, views for your show. Then you put it on a Wednesday night. I don't I have mind a better that. idea. I have a better idea. Make it a one-hour blood and guts match. It's Rampage. Yeah. Get eyes on Rampage. Because people, if you if you announce that... BCC and the Elite are going to have a blood and guts match on Rampage, and it's the only thing on the show. Mm-hmm. People are going to watch. So, like, but compare this out to the Bloodline, because we've talked about being tired of the Bloodline as well, and the Bloodline has definitely run its course. But I also feel like the Bloodline is almost over. Like it, it I guess technically it really is over because the Usos are out. So now it's really just the Usos versus yeah. Roman and Solo. And I have well, a feeling... We're, we're, it's the continuation It's it, of the Bloodline Civil War. Yeah. Because that's how it's still being presented. You know, Roman still thinks it's about who wants to be the tribal chief. Mm-hmm. Even though Jimmy and Jay have both said, no, we don't want to be tribal chief. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only person that we think would be good at it is Solo. Right which I have to question their logic behind that because Solo's just backing up. But right. that's beside the point. You know, like like this is the falling apart of the bloodline. This is the beginning of Roman's fall as the tribal chief, as the champion. But but here's the thing. This is this is where I was going with that comparison, right? We've talked about the bloodline being stale. Mm-hmm. And then it changed and we're like, oh, now we're interested again. 
this hasn't changed in AEW. No. It's still the same thing. Yeah. And it's really kind of turning me off to AEW. It's it's the same thing. And AEW suffers from the, haha, the good guys are dumb. Mm-hmm. Which every wrestling every promotion wrestling falls for that. But WWE, at least, is, haha, the good guys are dumb. Oh, they finally learned their lesson, at least for now. Yep. And they get the upper hand. Whereas every single week, the good guys mm-hmm. are getting beat down. Yep. And they never get their come up. Even when they win a match, mm-hmm. it's, they oh, they win the match, after. and then the next time they're getting beat down. Yep. That's not how it's supposed to work. And it's poor storytelling. Exactly. So, you know. Now, mentioning the bloodline, though, uh, I have a I have a prediction for SummerSlam. Okay. Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns mm-hmm. for the title. Jimmy's out there. Solo's out there. Looks like Solo's about to attack Jay because the ref gets bumped because that's going to happen. Of course it is. Roman has, I think, won one time without interference. And I don't even know yeah. if that was without interference. And Solo spikes Roman. That would be great. Jay pins Roman. One, two, three. Jay Uso is now the ty- the champ. And Roman is on the complete outs. Now, now that I've said that, that is totally not what's going to happen. No, because they... Roman is carrying that belt to WrestleMania. Yeah. Where he will more than likely lose it to Cody. That's just what's going to happen. But of course, wouldn't that be said, cool if that's the, the way that turned out? We said that last year. Well... And he carried it through WrestleMania defeating did. Cody. Um, and yes, there are arguments that can be made about Cody hadn't faced adversity or, or this, that, and the other. I don't buy any of that. What I do buy is if Roman carries through Mania, I think he'll be number four on the all-time list. Yeah, he's number four or five right now. Um, he He's not beating Bruno. That ain't he's, happening. No, That's no, 2,800 days or something like that. Nobody in, in modern wrestling, and I'm not saying that this won't change in a couple years, right. but in, in modern wrestling as we know it now and as we understand it right now, nobody will ever match Bruno. It's just not going to happen. Um, but they are going to place Roman above Hogan. Yeah. Which which is, I think, Hogan's number two. Hogan's number three. Is Hogan number three? Is yeah. Backlund number Backlund's two? Backlund's number two. Okay. Because uh, Martino's like 2,800 days. Backlund's like 2,100 days or something like that. Hogan's at 1,400, I believe. Mm. So I don't even know if Roman will beat Hogan. Because Roman is right at eleven hundred now, um, so I don't even know if uh, if he'll beat at Mania. Because if he gets dethroned before, I would think probably before SummerSlam, uh, it wouldn't be enough unless they get some creative math in there or something. But uh, I could see them trying that. Although I could also see it becoming that whole, he got so close and yet didn't make it. (laughs) And that's where, you know, you start this. Okay, Roman's lost the belt. He's lost the, uh, 
you know, he's lost his belt. He's lost the bloodline. He didn't break the record. Like Roman Reigns spiraling into this depression slash losing streak thing that ends up turning him face again. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what else happened in wrestling? Um, so there's a rumor going around, circling back to AEW and what we were talking about before. Uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, Kota Ibushi is going to be the fifth member, the fifth member for the elite, which ties into Kenny's past. Could see that. Uh, I would actually really like to see that. Yeah, that would be cool. Because um, yeah, he's not under contract with anybody at the moment, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that. He's made the comment about wanting to work with the Bucks again, uh, in that that respect, so, or the Elite, I should say. Um, let's talk about L.A. Knight. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a lot of people right now really getting getting hard on him losing money in the bank and losing faith. Mm-hmm. However, I still think he's going to be a star. I do too. Uh, I, I don't particularly care for LA Knight. Just his his stick doesn't doesn't cl- connect well, with me, but that's fine. Like not everybody's going yeah. to I see the audience's enjoyment of what he's doing. Kevin Nash said that he's just a discount rock. Yeah. I think it's a little more than that. Oh, yeah. I think I think he cut a promo that a, was similar to what The Rock said. He is. But, to me, he's more of a rock meeting Stone Cold at the moment. Now, he is nowhere near that over. He is nowhere near that... Uh, that level, right? Mm-hmm. But they could get him close, I think. With the right pushes and the right opponents. I think I think LA Knight has it. Uh, as long as they don't shit on him. Because it seems like that's happened to him everywhere he's been. He gets over as hell, and then he gets squashed. Because, how again, how dare you get over when it wasn't my turn to put you over. Yeah, which is a a WWE, you know, just way of going. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say Triple H has already shown us. He showed us with Cody, and he showed us, if you go back and you look, while I don't think they actually planned to do this, he showed us with Brian Danielson, Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan, that he's not going to give you what you think you want when you think you want it. Not saying that he's not going to give it to you, but he's going to create the story around it. And I think that he actually learned that from the Brian Daniel story of, oh, hey, there's a story to be told here of deny, 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 give. Because there's, hands down, there's there's no doubt in my mind that they never intended... To put the WWE Championship on Daniel oh, Bryan, I 100% agree with you. When he was on his rise, 
and the audience forced him to do it. But Triple H seems to be a very intelligent individual. Here's the problem. Like, I I love where you're going, mm -hmm. right? See the promised land. Yeah. There's one small problem. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah. Because we're hearing constantly that whether he's at the show or not, he's still forcing rewrites. He's still forcing changes. Well, yes, we talked at the beginning of the show about, hey, it looks like maybe Triple H and and, uh, Nick Khan are trying to get him out somehow. Um, Good luck with that. I don't don't know if it'll work. I I can almost guarantee Uh, you it won't. But as long as Vince McMahon is breathing, mm-hmm. right? Because I would say as long as he's in the company, but we saw where that went. <laughs> as long as he is breathing, yeah, I will not trust any story in WWE. So here's what I here's the rumor I read. And I think I may have talked about it a couple weeks back, but I saw a rumor that Vince is making changes to the shows because he's looking at the shows on an individual basis that he doesn't understand the long-term storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say he's not capable of understanding long-term storytelling. I just don't think he cares about the long-term storytelling. He's, he's looking at these shows on an individual basis and what can I do to make this show better? And even some of the people have said the changes he's making are making for a better show in some cases. But they're not, they're not made with the understanding of the long-term storytelling. Therefore, the changes don't make sense. And it leads to an overall worse product because he's just looking at a this-show basis, not a, hey, we're trying to get to this match at SummerSlam. In the, so how do we build to that match? In the modern era of wrestling, Vince no longer books for the story. He books for the moment. Mm-hmm. With... The rise of social media and you know, things like TikTok and YouTube and all of that kind of stuff. He is booking for the 15-second attention span. Mm-hmm. He is booking for the, oh my God, that was awesome. With no care at all to what does that mean overall to the story you're trying to tell. And, and I, I kind of, you know, I, I say that about Vince. Tony's not even booking stories. No. So we can leave that out. He, objectively, at this point, story-wise, he's worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Although, that, the only to thing me, that, that keeps... becomes the question, is it worse to not have a story, or is it worse to have a really good story that just gets absolute shit all? The type of wrestling I enjoy is the story. To have, have so. to love and lost that never have loved before, <laughs> you know. The, the type of wrestling that I enjoy is is the story. That being said, the thing that keeps me watching Dynamite mm-hmm. is the sheer talent and stupidity of <laughs> yes. the performers in the AEW ring. And I mean that with all due respect because they're doing things that I couldn't even consider mm-hmm. doing. But a lot of them will not be able to wrestle in their 40s. Some of them are in their 60s. 
And jumping off of ladders. And breaking their faces. tables and breaking their faces. You know, look. We all enjoy those moments of what the F. Yeah. But. The spectacle is real. You know, it, it, it at some point, there have been multiple moments in AEW history, even this year, where there has been a move done. And I'm like. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see that. It's impressive as all hell. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. And you have the audience out there that doesn't have the connection to the wrestlers from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s that people have been fans as long as you and I have. And we've watched our heroes die from drug addiction from heart attack because of the damage that they did to their bodies because of different drugs or steroids we've watched the self-destruction of some like scott hall yeah you know jake the snake scott hall jake the snake you you talk about brian pillman uh and and what pillman you know pillman did what pillman did you, you, we've watched Ashley Mazzaro yep. um, suffer from her own mental demons. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're like, watching Jeff Hardy go through this stuff. Yeah, and and like we've been watching Jeff, we're almost numb to Jeff. Yeah, because we've been watching it for twenty years now. Uh, we don't, at least speaking for myself, and I, mm-hmm. I I think speaking for a lot of people, our generation that watch wrestling. We don't want to see that happen again. Yeah. And we are deathly afraid when we see Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. and, and those are just to name a few. And the thing is, they're doing moves that are on the next level above what Jeff Hardy was doing, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, they, they're taking Jeff Hardy and being like, hold my beer, Yeah, right? I don't see this ending well for some of them. It's it's not. We're we're gonna see guys who are gonna their career is going to end. And and I'm I'm gonna knock on some wood here because I, I really don't want this to be true, but I, I think it is. We're gonna see guys, and I, I don't you know not gonna say who because I, I just don't know. But we're gonna see guys who botch a move. You look at what Ricochet and Logan Paul. And whether we like Logan Paul or not, I don't like the guy. I think that he's a waste of breath. I don't want to see him get hurt in the ring. But you look at the, what they their spot at uh, Money in the Bank, where Logan Paul almost broke his neck. Yep. Um, and that would be catastrophic for the sport. Sure. You know, like... Um. We, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see guys dying and suffering. We just saw Draws passed mm-hmm. away last weekend. Uh, we talked about it last week, yeah. but he was injured in a match. Mm-hmm. Broke his neck. And he never walked again. I feel like I want to I want to put a little bit of, of sunshine in this conversation because yeah. it is a, a bit dark, right? At least I feel like now. The, I'm not going to say it's great by any means, but the behind the scenes, the 
medical the options mm -hmm. that are available that were basically forced to be yeah. available as it were but are available now like i don't know if wwe still does it but for the longest time wwe would pay they still do okay moxley just last yeah. year when he went through rehab for alcoholism wwe paid for his rehab even though he was contracted with AEW, yeah, WWE paid for his rehab. And, um, you know, like because because WWE has has touted that, and granted, this was forced on them. They, oh, it was they absolutely. Were, they were basically forced to do this because of the steroid stuff. But it was the steroid stuff, and it was uh, Benoit. Yeah, the you know, and, right, and Eddie. Right. Well, I'll even throw Eddie in Eddie there in because there you know that kind but of started it. They have been forced to have this. Really, almost best in class. Yeah, rehab options for for, and they'll they'll say anybody who's ever been a WWE family member. Yeah, you get that for life. Yeah, and to me, that's really cool of them. Now, granted, it, again, it wasn't out of the kindness of their heart. No, it's it's definitely a PR it's move, a thing that they did. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, we won't see. The likes of Darby Allen are Sammy. Go those same paths of like Jeff. You see, they they see him, they they have seen what happened, right? Yeah. Whereas Jeff, when Jeff was coming up through the business and doing that, Kayfabe was still kind of alive. And there was still a whole lot of stuff behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. You didn't get into the lives of the superstars. Yeah. Right? Where yeah. now, you absolutely do. So maybe that, that I'm not seeing full transparency, but maybe that next level of transparency, the seeing what has happened, the shift from we're going to hang out in the back, do coke and play cards to who brought the PS5, you know, yeah. instead of play Street Fighter. Maybe that shift from that, "Quote unquote old school to this new school way." No, I, I will definitely say that the backstage mentality, on the whole, for the most part, is healthier because they're not all going back there, drinking as much as they can, force down their throats, getting the cars, driving to the next town, yep. and you know, stopping at every strip club along the way to throw away all the money they made, doing lines off of hookers. You know, they. There is a much healthier backstage mentality, but I am worried by the things that I see in the ring and the fact, and I'm going to throw the blame here on two individuals, Cody Rhodes yeah. and Brian Danielson for what they have done in the last year yeah. with Cody going into a match with his entire peck ripped off of his arm. I feel like, I feel like this generation Last generation, we saw destruction backstage. Mm -hmm. You didn't really see too much destruction in the ring. Yes, you had your botches, like what happened with Draws. Draws, um, you, you know, Owen. you want to talk, yeah. Owen, uh, Sid. Sid. Sid with his legs snapping. That was a freak thing. That was yeah. a freak thing, but um, that was also a result of the backstage stuff. Because he's done move, he'd done moves like that before, Yeah, right? So that was a freak thing. Um. I would argue, though, in the 90s, early 2000s, more of the destruction was 
the cocaine, the alcohol, the painkillers, the the, yeah. the steroids, that kind of stuff backstage. Where in this generation, more of the problem I think is going to be come from in that ring because you're going to have two guys sitting down and be like, "Dude, wouldn't it be cool if we did a 1080 on the thumbtacks?" And then you don't get the 1080 all the way around, you land on the top of your head and the thumbtacks and break your neck. Yep. I think that's probably going to be more of the, the, the we're going to see, I feel like we're going to see more serious in-ring injuries mm-hmm. this generation as we did previously, but we're going to see less of those wrestler so-and-so found dead in their front yard with, you know, 23 times the legal limit of alcohol in their yeah. body. You know, we, we're already seeing less of the, the wrestlers dying at a young age. It's, it's, yep. It happens from time to time. But most of it, we're now seeing people dying at a a more natural age where you would expect death. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that Draws, I think he was in his early 50s. In his 50s. The fact that he lived that the long. The fact that he lived that long anyway. after the catastrophic injury, basic, basically becoming a quadriplegic. I, I don't... Yeah. I think he, he may have had some, some movement, movement back in his hands. He may have been able to, I don't know. But, um, you know, but you, you have guys like Cody and Brian. You know, Cody wrestling an entire match with his pec torn. He's destroying a lot of the progress yeah. that was made. And then you have Brian getting into the ring and wrestling for 10 minutes. With that with shattered arm. With a completely arm. broken arm. Look. I can't stress this enough. I truly, truly, truly appreciate what these guys do to put on a show for me. Mm-hmm. But I do not want you to suffer long-term health problems, yep. not be able to move, barely be able to move, not be able to hold your kids. Exactly. So that I can be entertained for, for an hour, three hours for an hour on a yeah. Wednesday night. So, so with that horrible down <laughs> note, um, anything else you can think of? Uh, the only thing I want to say is with the bloodline segment at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. Fox had to cut the audio multiple times. Yeah. Cause of, because the crowd in. was screaming, you effed up. And they, they yeah. didn't say F they were saying the actual yeah. word, but you effed up multiple times the, Fox or, you know, whoever cut the entire audio to the show because it was that loud. And I love seeing that. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that engagement. And Roman played on it. Yeah. Roman's like, no, I didn't. Yeah. I I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so on that high note, we want to say it. We want to say thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gautier, Mississippi for allowing us to use this space. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Cameron. Or thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Greg. Whichever way it's supposed to be. Um, (laughs) They have all of the games that you might enjoy. If you've ever thought about getting into gaming, come down here. Check them out. Wednesday nights, they do uh, tabletop RPGs. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons, if you are into any of those, there's probably one going on. Like Tuesday night is Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Wednesday's D and D tabletop. Yeah. Thursday is board games, miniature games. 
Friday is magic, and of course, magic spread out all through there. There's somebody. Yeah, playing. you're 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 probably going to find somebody playing all of these on any given day. I know that as we sit here on a Sunday afternoon, there is a game going next door of uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, whichever one it is. Uh, I think down here, generally, most people down here are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But, but that being said, it's all kind of the same. And if you and, if you come over, you see something you like, buy it or order it from them. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And while you're here, you could go to Big Dog Liquor. Get yourself a bottle of uh, Havana Club rum. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's good stuff. And if you don't, but if rum's not your thing, man, they got it all. They got vodka, whiskey, tequila, wines upon wines upon wines. All of the wine. All of the wines. <laughs> um, there are discounts available if you're military or senior citizen. You can get discounts for bulk ordering. So go down there and give him a shout. See what's going on. Yeah. And now that you're done listening to us, head on over to your favorite podcast listening app and find Travelers on the Omnibus. They are a field trip through nerd and pop culture, and you're going to like what you hear. Mm -hmm. They do all sorts of things. Uh, A brief spoiler for an upcoming episode, they're doing a look into multiple albums of a band. I'm not going to go any more spoilery than that. And if you listen, you may hear somebody you recognize. Really? It's possible, huh? It's possible. We have both been on there in the past. I'm sure we will both be on there in the future. And it's just a great show to listen to. Great friends talking about things that are important to them. Or maybe even introducing things that they've never heard of before. So give it a listen. I promise you're going to enjoy it. And one of those guys, Jody, he actually does his own podcast as well called Fearology where he talks about different horror movies, what they mean to him. He covers old stuff, new stuff, remakes, all of that kind of fun stuff. He even puts uh, some of his own music that he does on that channel. So give that a listen for sure. And if movies are your thing, then check out our friends over at Silence Your Cell Phones. They talk about movies and bingeable TV shows. They talk about it all. They do deep dives into it. Give them a listen. They have a live stream on YouTube. Give them a watch if that's what you prefer to do. But check them out. Let them know that we sent you. And until next time. Cheers. Cheers.